Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. And the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. And for he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then he said to me, It is done. I am Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I don't know about you, but I just want to sit there in these words of revelation as if they're like this comfort, this hug wrapped around me. Because now, after 2020 and these 17 days of January, I need to know that death will be no more, that the days of crying and pain will be wiped away because God can make all things new. And so, yes, it's like a wrap around from God saying, There's hope and promise. And yeah, you're probably thinking, I am really weird. You do not look to the book of Revelation all the time for a moment of a hug. But you know Chapel Roswell, people of Chapel Roswell, you know that we do. You know from previous teachings and previous messages that the book of Revelation is actually written for that exact purpose. There's a great theologian who actually says that the book of Revelation has become hunting ground for zealots on both sides to distort its purpose. And he's right. In the truest intent and in the truest form, the book of Revelation uses symbolism of the day to provide words of consolation and hope to a nation who has been politically persecuted and culturally under distress. And so with that knowledge, sit back with me and let the words of Revelation pour over you and into you. I am Alpha and Omega, and I make all things new. 2020 is passed away You have a new year, a new Jerusalem, be it masked or not masked. You have a new heaven and a new earth, and I am making every day new for you and for me. Every day this week, literally every day this week, I have read the headlines and the alert notifications on my phone and the emails in my inbox. And they are all about one of two things, politics and pandemic, politics and pandemic, politics and pandemic. 
And I have read the headlines. I have read the alerts and the emails. It is good to read about these things because we need to know. Whatever side you're on, whatever belief you are having, it is good to know what is current and before us. But this week, I did something crazy. I turned the page. (laughs) After I read the headline, I turned the page. And once I saw the notification, I actually hit view. And then when I saw my email, I kept clicking for more information, scrolled down. And the most amazing things were waiting for me. These wonderful stories. When I turned the page of my newspaper this week, I read a beautiful story about a man who lives in a car in a parking lot. And he was digging through the dumpster. And in the dumpster, he found a wallet that was full of credit cards, chocked full of credit cards. And as the man was going through the wallet of credit cards, he had a moment where he thought, I'm going to use every one of these and buy anything I want. And then the moment fleed, and he said, I wouldn't want someone to do that to me. And so this man in his car in a parking lot in a dumpster kept digging through the wallet until he found a name and a phone number. And he called the 80-year-old woman. And the 80-year-old woman met him in his parking lot. He returned the wallet with everything in it. And the woman, in turn, called her granddaughter. And the 12-year-old decided to turn her 12-year-old birthday drive through party into a fundraiser to buy that man a camper so he could live anywhere he wanted. And do you know that she's almost raised over $500? I am making a new heaven and a new earth. After I clicked view on that notification, I read a little bit more, and I read about a small little coffee shop. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's called Starbucks. (laughs) That's funny. And this small little coffee shop, they've decided to invest in these next years $100 million into metropolitan cities to support small businesses to ensure racial equality within the leadership of the small business. And Atlanta has been chosen as a recipient of these resources. And so now we will have poured into parts of our neighborhoods that don't have as much capital as the other. We will have funding and the leadership and mentorship. I am making a new heaven and a new earth. As I kept reading down and scrolling down in my emails, I found an email from one of the class members of a Sunday school class right here on campus. And she began to describe to me how this Sunday school class has been connected to a man in Belize for many, many years. But because of the power of technology and the year of 2020, this person from Belize has not missed one Sunday school class through Zoom. He's attended every week since last year. And now this man in Belize, his wife is sick and his son is sick. And through the connections of the church, through the connections of this campus, somehow there's a missionary in Belize who has already made connection with this family and living in a jungle. 
And in that email, it said, I can't wait to see how this story will unfold. I am making a new heaven and a new earth. These stories are new and they're exciting and they're happening right now. And I love a good story if you haven't been able to tell yet. I love stories, especially in the beginning. And I love the way that stories always start. They give you a setting. They give you a time and a place. And they introduce you to these wonderful characters. And they give you a plot line. And then in order to know how they end, you got to watch and read and follow. We have no idea how these three stories are going to end. And so it's our job to participate and make sure it's good. I love stories and how they begin. There's so much potential in them. As people of faith, you know, we have words for everything. And so we call these beginning stories, we call these stories of origin. Stories of origin. That's what they're theologically called. And we all have a story of origin, even if you don't call it that. If you're doing any kind of ancestral work, that's a story of origin. If you're telling anybody how you entered into your relationship with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your partner or your husband, your wife, that's a story of origin. If you talk to someone about what happened at work or if your school's virtual or face-to-face, it's a story of origin. And as a people of faith, we too have a story of origin. And it's found where? In the book of Genesis. The very first chapter, the very first verse, God created heaven and earth. It's our story of origin. We know that God created all. Theologically, Every story of origin has a story of destination. It has an ending. It has a punchline. <laughs> it has a landing place. And so as a people of faith, what's our story of destination? Revelation. Revelation, that's right. That was good. Our story of origin is in Genesis, and our story of destination is in Revelation, where God can give us a new heaven and a new earth. And when I tell you that our destination is captured in Revelation, I'm not talking about it's the answer to the big billboard question of where will you go when you die. That's not what Revelation is about in the story of destination. It's bigger than that. It's richer than that and more meaningful than that. It's all about how every story, how all things that are created of God have the potential and the power to return right back to God. And the characters and the extra plot lines and all the details in the middle, they matter. Because all of it needs to be redirected back toward the divine. Because all that is created by God should return to God. And it kind of feels like that that's a little bigger than we want to think about. It's a little bigger than that we care about. But it's actually not. It's important to us to know this because it's a daily 
exercise. Every day, every day, we live out our scriptural story from start to finish. Every day. Every day when we wake up, we honor that God created morning, and we already honor that God will create the evening. As soon as we wake up and begin the day, we already know that it will end. And what we do in the middle matters. The decisions, the conversations, the interactions, the headlines, the emails, the texts, the alerts, the social media posts that we are responsible for, all of it matters because we need to redirect it all back toward the end of that day for God. And so when we wake up every day knowing that we're in Genesis, we have a decision to make. Will you spend your day reliving the story of Cain and Abel? Or will we spend our day reliving the story of Lazarus where we help raise a friend? Will we spend our day storing up our treasures in the silo or burying them for our benefit? Or will we go out and look for the one that was lost and take whatever it needs and means and resources to get there? Will we spend our day casting judgment upon or offering hospitality to the Samaritan? At the end of our day, at the evening, at the end of the story, at the story of our destination, can we say we gave it all back to God to make new? When you think of Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end in those terms, then you know that you are living in the moment of both at all times. And when you think of it that way, all of a sudden you are standing in solidarity with God in every moment. And you're standing in solidarity with all of the characters in the middle in one moment. And so that means to be with God and believe that God is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, means to hold all things in the middle in common. And so that what happens to one happens to us all. When one receives a camper, we all have a home. And when one receives help, we can all grow. And when one has a connection, then we are connected throughout the globe. When one person is hated, we're all hated. And when one person is denied, we're all denied. And when one person is celebrated, then we're all celebrated. And when one person is cast out, then we're all cast out. When one person is canceled, then we're all canceled. But when, when one succeeds, we're all succeeding. It's living in the moment of solidarity. It's knowing that the story of origin and the story of destination is intertwined for us all. And isn't that what we're supposed to remember 
as we go into a week where we celebrate the equality that we should be offering to the dream of one man. And isn't that what we're supposed to be celebrating as we go into a week celebrating the freedom of a democracy of a nation? To remember our stories are connected. I want to read to you a story by a man named Fred Craddock. He's a great storyteller. So I read these words. I took a trip to Canada to do a series of lectures. And after being there one day, there was a surprise snowstorm. My host called me at the hotel and explained how the snow was so bad, the airport was closed and the roads were closed. And so he told me the closest place to get food. I had packed a light jacket, and so I put on the windbreaker. I went to the bathroom, I rolled up the long sheets of toilet paper, and I made a nest in the cap so it could protect my bald head against the icy wind. I walked out into the wind and the snow. I found the bus and I went inside, and the place was packed. I found in the bus depot a a place to sit. I sat down and a waiter in a greasy apron came over and he said, what'll you have? And I said, well, can I see a menu? And the waiter said, what do you mean a menu? All we have is soup. And so I replied, well, what kind of soups do you have? And the waiter said, soup. Do you want soup? And then Fred said, well, yes, that is exactly what I was going to order anyway, soup. So the waiter brought the soup out, and it was awful. It was sort of gray-looking and bitter. It was so bad I could not eat it. I just kind of kept it in my hands to keep me warm. And so I just sat there with my head wrapped in toilet paper, clutching this awful bowl of soup in order to stay warm. The door opened again, and in walked this woman clutching her coat. She sat down not far from me, and the waiter said, What do you want? And she said, A glass of water. He came back with the water and said, now what'll you have? And she said, just the water. And the waiter said, look, there are people that are paying here. So if you're not going to order, you got to leave. And then he got real loud about it. And so she got up to leave almost as if rehearsed everyone In that little cafe, in that little bus depot, they stood up all together and all started walking toward the door. Fred got up and said, I'm voting for something here, but I have no idea what it is. And the man in the greasy apron said, all right, all right, all right, sit down, she can stay. So everybody sat down and he brought a bowl of soup and placed it before her. I said to the person sitting next to me, "Um, 
Who is that? Who is she? And my lunch neighbor said, I don't know, I've never seen her before. The place grew quiet. And all I could hear was the sipping of that awful soup. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to try this again. I put the soup, the spoon to the soup. And you know what? It wasn't bad at all. And everybody began to eat this soup. And as I started to eat the soup again, I realized it tasted like brand new soup. Kind of like the best I've ever had. May we be a part of making all things new with every action, interaction, social media post, and conversation that we have this week. Amen. I invite you to, to think about how you want to be this week, and I invite you to start with Monday. On Monday, as we celebrate MLK Day, there are places on our website that you can go to and look for ways to be an advocate in our activism page online at rumc.com. Also, I invite you to check out our social media for Chapel Roswell, our Instagram account, our Facebook account, because you can see different ways that you're able to celebrate virtually and volunteer virtually right here in our county. If you're continuing to look for ways to respond, I'll invite you to think about giving to our campus through Chapel Roswell, and you can do that using the methods on the screen. But when we pour into our campus, we're able to do more and more connections and ministries, including things like My Neighbor's Pantry, uh, which happens every Monday night. It will be happening tomorrow night. So um, please be mindful and prayerful as you think about ways that you may be connected to this campus. And now may we offer a time of prayer. May we center ourselves and go to God. Gracious and holy Lord, we do indeed thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for inspiring us and opening up our minds and encouraging us in new ways. And Lord, we ask for your patience. There's been ways this week where we may have not done good. We ask that you forgive us and give us another chance for this new week. And Lord, may we look to every day with new eyes so that we may give you all that we have. And may we remember to empty ourselves of ego and humility and only be filled of your love and your grace and your forgiveness because that's how we will see with new eyes and hear with new ears and walk in new ways. May you show us in these days to come how we may serve you, how we may be connected to the world through our actions. And Lord, challenge us that we can respond as we see it. For any nudgings, for anything pulling at us from the Spirit, Lord, may we honor it and hear it and begin to answer it. Whether it's a call to do something for another or a call to do your work through vocational ministry or just a call to reach out to someone else, Lord, may we hear it, feel it, and respond to it. 
We continue to pray for our education system and for our political system. Lord, we know that our leaders are burdened with many heavy decisions. And so we ask for your spirit to flow through all of those meetings so that they can be made good. And whether it's in a parking lot or a corporate decision or something happening across the world, Lord, may we offer it all back to you. We pray for all those who need a home, for all those who need resources, and all those who need connections. We pray that we can be a part of those stories. We can be part of the characters and part of that plot line, leading everything back to you. Be with all those who call upon you in need, those who are in hospitals or recovering from hospitals, those are who are still waiting for results and diagnosis. We thank you for them, but we ask that you be a part of that. And for anyone who is still remembering grief, we ask you mourn with them, but also show them ways of renewal. And Lord, for all the little voices that I'm hearing, for each one they represent, as they call back and forth to one another from the lofts, May we remember that every voice we can hear, we hear yours as well. And so we thank you for those little lives. And Lord, now we take all of this and we offer it back to you in the name of your son. Amen.